0: Welcome back, Can You Fit Me In I hope everybody out there had a great, great weekend Or if you're starting off your week Depending on what day you're listening to the podcast uh, Today I want to kind of change up the show I want to kind of mix it up Kind of add some little different things to it And uh, we're going to have a guest later A good guest Michael Asimo As- Asimo, I'm sorry Michael, Michael Asimo very amazing brother in technology uh, Later on he's going to be in the show So I want to lay down the first half of course You guys know how I do And uh, I want to talk about the show So air in the future now We're going to start each show With uh, sort of like a salute To blacks and technology That have paved the way For things we just don't know about In today's show I'm going to talk about Marion Crook Marion Crook She uh, She holds over 135 patents in uh, voiceover technology, internet protocols, uh, and she got like another hundred s uh, patents. And right to this day, she's right now she's senior vice president at AT&T. Uh, this sister, when you think of voiceover technology, uh, you you're trying to figure out what is voiceover technology just in itself. Well, everything that we do on our phone is interactive in a form of voiceover technology. Okay, so. Uh, a sister invented uh, this technology and we need to uh, recognize her for her achievements you know all the all the all the fun things that we do you know Um, so when you uh, think about it it's the it's the command function that hold down the control and the options key and all that stuff uh, when you just basically using your phone or or your computer Uh, we use voiceover technology and a myriad of things for call protocols when we make phone calls Um, it's a huge way to communicate Uh, so we just gotta start paying attention to some of these amazing black inventors and i just thought about um some of the great things that they've done and i just want to start paying a significant amount more attention in her case, uh, the voice over internet protocols, it just allows them to make the voice calls using a broadband internet, right? Instead of regular analog phone lines. So, because of her invention, we can make phone calls on the internet. You feel me? Like, who does this, right? <laughs> who gets this, get these things out? So you, you get a chance, look her up, you know, and, and um, check her out and take some time to um, get immersed in some of the opportunities out there when people are telling you that you can't learn about tech. I think a hard thing like that I was feeling back on on another previous show was some people think that that our technology is too hard. The biggest part about technology is innovation. Say it with me. The biggest part about technology is innovation. And when you have that innovation, when you've when you've Grab that innovation or begun to kindle that innovation you know the technical part is uh i'm not going to say easy at all but that's where you become valuable and depending on what you want to do in that prism of innovation and opportunity would determine how far you go in technology like how far will you research What's your next grad will be so um I'm going to tell you, I had an interesting weekend. I had a young man that contacted me uh, off the show. He had saw the podcast or he listened to the podcast. Or he found me on LinkedIn or something. It was one of those, I don't recall. Anyway, and he was asking me to help him choose a career outside of his current career. And he's a, uh, he's a student in school. He's got a senior year left. And uh, nice young man, you know. And he asked me basically my opinion about his future in, um, in a career in technology. So he was thinking about, I guess he was thinking about adding on to his current career because he's a math analytics person. He, he also tutors and stuff. And he um, was talking about, I think he wanted to major in computer science. He wanted to get involved in computer science of some way. And he was asking me, should he be uh, involved in that? And I think somewhere up ahead, this, this young brother's got inspired. You know, he's got inspired. He understands some of the things, he's taken some um, classes in coding and stuff like that. And he got inspired. Well, upon um, talking to him, I had him talk to my executive assistant and we scheduled a call. And after I uh, talked to him, um, I kind of got inspired again. Sometimes I need inspiring. And uh, we started a program in our company uh, where we decided to bring on some interns and um, if you're interested in it and you're in school and you're like a senior and you're looking for an intern, the internships are unpaid. There is a paid one, but it is a sales one. So you can check it out on the website, but the other one's unpaid. And uh, we're just gonna allow the interns to start immersing themselves and learning uh, how to build software with a company and teaching us some of the things. It's totally virtual. Uh, we're not paid taking everybody, not at all. You know, but if you're a committed person, you have access with time, you have access to a computer, and uh, you want to learn how to make a difference. Uh, you can maybe work on some projects that we're currently under 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 the way doing. Besides our uh, our, our lead project, Can You Fit Me and scheduling that software for uh, hairstylists. But anyway, he got me inspired. So I start realizing that I was talking to the company, we we're having that company meeting. I start realizing that. Um, This is how it kind of been like a taboo space for young people, right? Or people just in general that are interested in technology. So you hear somebody say, oh, that'd be a good app, you know, but they'll say they already got that or something. I was saying that before. Well, everything in technology is not technical. It just seems that way, you know, Uh, it seems that way because it's kind of hard for people to understand the different spaces in technology, right? Um, they they don't get it. They 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 struggle with it. They don't know what careers are uh, available in technology. Um, they don't know. They they battle with it. They play with it. Um, it's I don't I don't know why it turns people off, but I kind of get it. Like it's back in the day when you used to think of a tech dude, you thought about this dude in glasses come and fix your computer, right? And when you talk to somebody, that's saying tech, you think they all can fix your computer, right? <laughs> it's not true. It's not at all true. So, you know, let's just name some of the careers in technology you got. You could be a software developer. You can be a computer systems analyst. You can be an IT manager. You can be an information security analyst, a database administrator, a web developer. I mean, web developer, a computer network architect. And that's just to name uh, a, a few, a few, uh, a few jobs, right? You can be a network architect, you know, a computer system administrator. That's people that control the rights inside the system, right? Determining what have you. Everybody doesn't have to be so technical, you know, in that sense. These are things like a lot of this stuff is you learning how to use a program that somebody else coding. But when you're managing technology, it's it's a lot different. So what I want to get into today is how do you as an individual grasp on opportunities that you feel are out of your reach in the world of technology? What's what's the first step, you know, beyond if you're going to build your own uh, company and all that kind of stuff? Remember, the last show, we were talking about building your own company and the things that go along with it it is definitely got to upgrade your your iq on some things but and you definitely of course got to have a plan but what you really need to start to do as i was talking to somebody a little while ago is you got to surround yourself with people and opportunities that know how to um, do what you're interested in and you got to be definitive about this stuff okay you got to be definitive about this moment it's this part in the movie of one of my favorite movies is Oceans 12 or 13, where a um, guy says, this is a fender road moment. <laughs> a definitive moment. It was so funny. He was talking to Al Pacino and I think it was Don Cheetah talking to Al Pacino. He said, this is a fender road moment. <laughs> and that's how it is in our life. We have these fender road moments, these moments where are defining moments in our life. And we have to bring energy to the, to the the to the party issue is a lot of us have energy but very few of us have consistency right and consistency is gonna get you what you want not just energy right give me a low energy turtle walking steady and slow trying to build a company right for the rest of their life than a person that brings a lot of energy and fizzles out soon as the first thing go wrong Right? You wouldn't want to be on a plane with a quitter, right? You wouldn't be on a plane or a plane, somebody flying a plane and a pilot be like, uh oh, thunderstorms, I don't think we're gonna make it, (laughs) right? You don't want to be with people that are quitters, right? You don't want that, right? So you have to step something deep inside of you that's calling you. You don't want to be in relationships. Even personal relationships with people that are quitters, right? People that flake out anytime something gets tough, you know. Or real dramatic people that can't uh, commit to anything. You don't want that, right? You have to define yourself through your actions, right? And you got to be able to say you were wrong, you know, you didn't know everything. You got to be able to suck it up. I'm very, been humbled out many a times, definitely when I was younger. And even to this day, I'm humbled out. When I run into someone um, uh, and I, I realize that I have a lot more work to do, like uh, our previous guests before, like uh, Dr. Rashar, you know, and her success, you know, very few people know what she sacrificed to ch- achieve that success. I'm one of the few people that know some of the things that she sacrificed to achieve that stuff, because she told me, you know, but when you think about it, right, your excellence is not only defined by, you know, what you think you can be your excellence is defined by your legacy to commit to your end goal there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge ladies and gentlemen there's a difference wisdom is nuancing. knowledge is just knowing to know something is not the same as being wise about something right through experience we gain a million times more um Possible outcomes to a situation or an act than we do the knowledge of what's supposed to happen. That's what statistical data is about. It's all about becoming wise in a situation, right? Um, so um, we got to be fearless, you know. We got to be to be or not to be. That is the question whether tis noble in mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take cause against the sea of trouble, to die, to sleep, perchance to dream. That's Shakespeare, y'all. He was talking about something, right? He's talking about, you know, are you bold enough to stand up against the most highest level of doubt, right? Are you that one to risk it all? And normally when we do that, and we lose, our thousand successes will make our one, I mean, our thousand failures, sorry, will make our one success seem like a diamond, right? We built different. You built differently when you go through something. And technology does that to you because it moves so quick. It builds you a little different. It makes you a little different out the box. And black people in technology are built different because, not because... They're smarter or anything like that. They build different just genetically in one way because of the, uh, the problems and issues that they are experiencing. Some people aren't solving things that just affect, you know, being in their community even sometimes. Right. So they come up with these things and they say, hey, you know, this is affecting my community. So maybe I should focus on building technology for this particular situation in uh, my community built a little different. It doesn't mean we're different, like we're all the same, you know, biologically, but our situations are different. Our Economic and sociopathic situations are different. We have mass incarceration all the way down to uh, elitism. You know, when someone gets to another level financially and things don't affect them the same, they don't feel it the same. They can't relate to problems, they're out of that, that situation. But what we are all the same is in the stems. The STEMs, ladies and gentlemen, hold us finite. The STEM, science, math, and technology are forever. They don't change 2 plus 2 on another planet. It's still 4, I guarantee you, And they way. Now, they may have found a way to evolve beyond that math in a perfect state, but they got a version of it, I guarantee you. So, when you sit down there and you want to figure out all these things, I suggest you think you would just write it down, right? I suggest you record yourself, you know, with your ideas. You just record it on a pad inside your technology and start slow and steady and build yourself up to a problem in a situation that, you know, that you can relate to. It's kind of like approaching uh, a relationship for the first time and trying to figure out what you're gonna say to that significant person, you know, like the first time. The first time I approached technology, Like I said, you got to be solving a problem. The first time I approached it, um, I had an affinity for it and I also had a little skill for it, but it was no different than me approaching it to it. I actually literally applied it to, um, really, really young, like I said, video games, but I played a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball. And you know what I was thinking the whole time while I was playing basketball? Why the hell are these gym shoes so heavy? (laughs) how fast could I go if these gym shoes wasn't heavy now look at gym shoes they super light right they're super light well when I was young I used to draw gym shoes out and they were light and I used to project how much far higher I could jump with my vertical if I had lighter shoes so I used to go around talking to my buddies you know well let's build a shoe. Let's build a shoe. But back then the top shoes was like Converse, Nike, Adidas, like building a shoe. How the hell you gonna build a shoe? (laughs) How you gonna build a shoe, man? I mean, like, that's beyond, you know, the the metric, you know? But it didn't occur to me that, you know, if I wanted to build a shoe, maybe I should have talked to some people about building a shoe and learn how to build shoes because back then in my community there were shoemakers. Yeah, back in the day, you had shops that made shoes from scratch. They would dress shoes, some of them, and casual shoes. I'm pretty sure my mother used to take me to a shop with dude would build shoes from scratch. I'm pretty sure sure if I had went there and told him I wanted to build a gym shoe. He could have shown me how to build a shoe. I could have paid for it or worked for it at that time real nice dude and built one from scratch and had a prototype shoot, right? But closed mouths don't get fed, they don't. So I wasn't ready to stand up against the sea of trouble. I was just thinking, you know, real young and like, that's not we're gonna happen. It. It's a young brother that was um, on um, one of my favorite shows. I'll give a shout out to Marcus Lamont. He's uh, a show called The Prophet. He is a amazing businessman very honorable businessman definitely if you ever get a chance to do business with this man you really be lucky anyway he invested in this young man's cookie company right and this young dude is like really young the dude's got to be like 10 he might be older now right he got a cookie company and his mother would get these orders but she couldn't fulfill the orders because she was self-making the cookies but she didn't understand the nuances of fulfillment, um, uh, centers, how to buy the product. You know, she was making them like I think out of a homemade kitchen and she had a stand, external kitchen and she couldn't. She was getting orders, but she didn't have the capital to fill the orders. Right. So you get an order and somebody orders 5000 cookies. Well, how are you going to fulfill that order? You need spending money. You got a purchase order, right? And then you're like, okay, somebody can loan you the money. But if some, they loan you the money, then they want to make money on that loan. So they're charging you pretty much the margin almost that you was going to make on selling the cookies. So it was like a slippery slope. So then she did like a licensing agreement with the cookies. And, you know, people was making a little money, but she never could build out the company. Right. She couldn't do the company aspect of it. Right. And she really was making the um cookies, but I think her son was the one that came up with the he came up with the um, recipe. So that's why it was named after him, if I'm not mistaken. And Marcus saw the profits and saw the margin and he basically helped them build their company. The young black boy. You know, young black boy. And I'll get the name for you guys later, um, this cookie that this dude's uh, on. So when you get opportunities like that, you know, they are once in a lifetime changing opportunities. So you have to do the once in a lifetime thing by investing in yourself. And that means you gotta do the thing you don't wanna do. You have to decide which career or which piece of the tech industry you wanna piece up. Cause I'm gonna tell you something about the future. I can predict the future. Nobody can predict the future, right? I can. It's going to be tech in the future. Majority of the jobs in the future are going to have some aspect of technology. When the AIs get here, you, you name it, it's going to have some form of technology. So we have to, to evolve. We have to stop just being consumers of technology and being inventors of technology and finding ways to become a piece of it, you know, and besides just having fun on it doing old faces and stuff like that right (laughs) or playing video games they all serve us a purpose technology is supposed to make our lives easier but it can be used against us as well we have to learn to defend ourselves against that right we have to recognize that we're being manipulated in situations uh, and technology it can be in our election it can be our personal data it can be uh, a company going rogue and uh taking too much of our personal life you know So we have to be learn about it so we can understand how to defend and get it. And how how much of the human condition are we willing to give up? Right. I'm an advocate for technology, but I am also advocate for a certain level of privacy. It all has its space. It all has its condition. So as we move forward through the, the world of technology, it's not going to slow down. We're actually... Uh, And some levels, you would think we're the leader in technology. But America's infrastructure is for pot compared to other parts of the world, you know. So we got a lot of rebuilding to do in this country. We got a lot of opportunities rebuilding. And uh, we're going to be working with robots to do that. We're going to have to do it eventually. I mean, that's where the jobs are going to be for uh, most of this country with high school or GED education or whatever. Most of those jobs, those infrastructure jobs are going to go to uh, people that uh, need that education And I mean they meet that educational requirement And meet that skill set required Because those same people Are the ones that built America Labor built America Right the American people In all these beautiful Diverse colors Built America So We're going to have to Step up And become part of The tech conversation And uh, as a, Even as a people We're going to have to Take our place uh, At the forefront of technology Instead of You know Selling it all the time and not getting credit for it, enough of that. We're gonna have to start investing in one another, spending with one another, showing uh, other creeds and races, you know, that we have our value as well. Uh, Chinese, uh, Asian, Caucasian, you name it, they, they, they invest with one another. They push each other forward. Right, we have to become that that thing. Like back in the day, you know, when we used to invest in each other communities, and we're going to take that same money. And we're back. Um, we're going to have to take that same money and reinvest in our innovation there's a uh, a future for all of us in this space it's just that we haven't been benefiting from it we've been using it a shared future of prosperity is an opportunity beyond faith it's an opportunity to um, know know the end result because if you're Participating in the space and you're being part of the conversation every day, you're going to know the end result instead of finding out about it. Once the new tech billionaire was made, it's a little too late. then, Right. A little too late then because you become a consumer of it only. right? Again, you got to be solving a problem or issue or making fun. The other day, a gentleman, uh, a kid made history, a 16 year old made history. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I'm not mistaken. Playing Fortnite video game. Now, your entire life, or my entire life, most parents have told me that playing video games is a waste of time. I never agree with them because I know better. Because I know people in the gaming tech, the gaming industry. Anyway, this dude made three million dollars playing Fortnite. 16. He won three million dollars playing Fortnite video game. Three million. He made more money. Then, in one day then 90 percent of america <laughs> that worked that day okay playing a video game at 16. i don't know how this is going to change his life beyond you know him playing or what have you you know but that's a prodigy but what people don't understand is why would somebody pay that much money to a kid to play video games why Right now, gaming is everything. The way we learn, the way we predict modeling, the way we uh, interact. Gaming can be used to do so much, right? And you don't know that because you don't know the data points of the human condition, right? You don't know your actual data points. You don't know your spending habits. You don't really know your preferences. You don't know your thing. So when he plays this game, You know, games cost like $60, $70 a game, you know? So you play this game and you're playing against people and the companies can make it better, which means when they make it better, which means it makes it harder, which means more people don't want to beat it. And then we move on to what? We move on to artificial intelligence. And then artificial intelligence can come up with ways to help us do better because it can track all our statistical habits which we do kinda like to a point manually almost, right? So uh, big shout out and congratulations to that, to that dude, that, uh, that young guy that won $3 million, man. Uh, yeah, you gotta be 16 probably to be that good because you gotta have the time to do it. But at the another part, you gotta have skill. He beat out a lot of other people. So that's a really, really good thing. So I just wanna say this uh, before we go to our break. Our next break and then we're going to bring mike in um i want to say that i want to continue to find all the yeses in you i want to continue to find all the opportunities in you and i want to know i want you to know i believe in you thank you very much thank you for fitting me in let's get a uh, mike in here after the break take
1: care For stylists, their time is their money. Stylists and barbers are looking to make better management of their time. Perhaps they're looking to sell things like booth space or find better hair care products or even new clients fast. You see clients, stylists, distributors, manufacturers are looking for less uncertainty in their daily schedule with each other. Well, uncertainty just met certainty. Can You Fit Me In is a cutting edge platform designed to help the beauty industry connect in real time. With Can You Fit Me In, everyone can choose to reschedule or cascade schedule their appointments based on alerts when anyone is running late. So when you know, everyone can know. And we didn't stop there. Can You Fit Me In also helps stylists or barbers to bypass overpriced product stores and order direct from a master distributors or manufacturers, allowing them to have quality products at cheaper prices. They can even order products and have them delivered on demand with Uber. I know. Wow, right? Got vacant booth space? We got you. We help you buy and sell direct to salon or stylist. So what do you say? Can we fit you in? Visit canyoufitmein.com to get started.
0: Welcome, welcome, guys. I know it's been a while. I told you guys I had a guest today. I got a great guest today. Got a tech guest, my good friend, Michael Awasimo. He's going to be talking to you guys. He's from Verizon. He's a black man in technology. Good friend of mine. He also is a partner in Can You Fit Me In. He's going to tell us a little bit about his career, introduce himself, and uh, just see where this goes. You, you guys know how to do it, right? <laughs> I try to get to the nitty-gritty of the situation. So sometimes candy conversations get candy results. So, Mike, you there? Yes, sir. All right, introduce yourself, Mike. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to, like I said before, 15,000. Now 30,000 take people out there listening. So let's do that. Talk a little bit about yourself.
2: All right. Hey, thanks for having me over here. Uh, As you all uh, heard, my name is Michael Awasimo. Um, i work for verizon wireless as a network engineer and um, i am a married man with two boys um been living in america for quite some time now so i love what i do and i have an entrepreneurship mindset and that's what got me and my friend here together so true that's, true. that's a nitty-gritty of it that's a short version of it
0: yeah, I met Mike some years ago and um, I had already started Can You fit Me In. I had started the first version of the software. Uh, if you guys listen to the other podcast, The Build, it explains you know some of the processes I went through. And uh, as I was going, through this, going around uh, with it the first time, uh, at the end of it, I had already built it, but at the end of it, Michael came along and then um, when I told you how you had to start adding people to compliment you and start adding people to help you, it went a lot different uh, the second time around with uh, with Mike. Uh, even though at the end we were uh, dealing with it, he was around. He definitely was around at the end of the build of the, the first one, but he helped me realize that I had, uh, as we talked about, I had to go build a second one. And uh, we got a lot of years together in this process. Mike, what? Uh, how did you start in technology? Like, what got you involved?
2: Right. So uh, that, that's a good question. Uh, getting a little bit into the background. So uh, about two two decades ago, about 20, 21 years ago, um, I'm a young, young guy in college back in uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and um, I was going to school for computer science. And one day I met a man. He came to me and he actually had a computer with him. And he literally asked me, hey, can you fix this computer? And I told him, no, I couldn't fix it. So he hacks me and said, Why can't you fix it? Aren't you going to school for computer science? And I responded to him, uh, Yes, I am going to school for computer science, but. Yeah, I don't know how to do it yet. I anything With that yet. And, you know, it's, he it didn't take it too bad. He just said, Okay, thank you. And he went on by his, by his business. So at that point, Something clicked in me and, you know, why would you go to school for computer science and you know everything on paper about computers, but you can't really do anything with it when you see one in front of you. So I gave myself a challenge. You know, I decided to go to to a computer school on the side, you know, where people really get into building computer from the scratch. We called it coupling back in the day. So say you couple the computer up, that's what we call it. So I invested in that and I started you know, learning all of this stuff. And my dad saw what I was doing on the side and he asked me, oh, why didn't you tell me you wanted to do this? Um, And I told him, I said, well, I'm going to school for it, which you already paid for, and I appreciate that, but I want to do my own so I can learn this. So he decided to help me out and bought me a computer. So he bought me a computer back then. It was a Pentium Two. <laughs> it's got four mem, four, four RAM of memory. Oh uh, literally, man. you turn it on, <laughs> you turn it on. You go to a store, you come back, computer might be ready for you. It's already put it. So, but um, that actually sprung something up inside of me, and I started learning. How computer works by myself at home because I had a PC at home that I can I can use and you know and stuff like that. So two years after that, I decided to come to America for for college. So I took exams and stuff like that, and I preached through them because uh, you know uh, coming from you know the background that I have, you have to be smart. You have to you you have to survive. So in able to do that, you have to go above and beyond. So that was the thought process and I went in there, do what I had to do and I came here. So I came here, started you know a uh, little bit of things here and there, and you know, uh, started working and going to school at the same time. And I got into University of uh, uh, Houston in Sugarland, Land uh, in Houston, Texas. With that, I graduated and Verizon came on board, offered me a job and I went on. So I've been working with Verizon I started off as a, uh, I think back then it was called um, wireless data tech support. You know, people have problems with the phone, they call in. Yeah, like helping. Exactly. You know, the Blackberries, you know, the Palm Trios, the Motorola, and all those big phones. So we actually troubleshoot all those kind of phones and fix it for people. And after a while, um, after three years of doing that, you know, one of the directors called me and he goes, dude, you had much more for something, not this. So you want to give something else a shot? I'm not sure. So I got moved into the network, into the dark side, where things actually happen at the back end, you know. things right. happen. So that's where I've been. I've been working on that, and I've gradually, you know, uh, over time, you know, moved up and developed with the company. Now I'm a senior engineer with the company, and uh, we're doing much more bigger things than, you know, I used to do it back then, so that that's just a little bit of background, you know, from how I got to IT and where I'm at right now in IT.
0: Yeah, this is just a pretty good story, man. I, I I think he, I think what to be honest, what drew me to Mike was actually we met in grad school. So yeah, when I get my master's degree, he had uh, finishing up his master's degree. But what I think what drew me to him was um, I never asked anyone to be a part of my company beyond a investor. So Mike was like the first person that uh, asked, could he be a part of my company that wasn't an investor? And um, by me knowing him in grad school, it never occurred to me to even like uh, reach out to him and tell him I was working on Can You, Fit me? you know, at the time. because uh, We had like a totally... A virtual relationship so it was like you know like yeah why not but, but I think what I was thinking at the time was this guy's got a family he's not going to be interested in anything like a little smart uh, small startup and you know stuff like that so mm-hmm. I was thinking outside of the box but to be honest um, Mike you remember like I think um, when Mike came along that's when I finally had a peer like somebody that I could talk to really, like he said, where the back end stuff starts, where the, where the, where, where you talking, talking through the processes and the, and the development life cycle of a software, Correct. you know, capabilities, <laughs> right? You know, where you going like, why, and here I'm telling them like, yeah, I built a software for a beauty industry, right? Like, a, a, why is a black guy building a software for the beauty industry <laughs> out of all the things to build, you know? But he wasn't like that. He wasn't like that at all. He was like, yeah, you know, like I can see that because he got a wife, you know, and he understands, you know, some of these these uh, situations. So, um, so as as you, let me ask you something. Like, as you ex- experience technology from the professional world, and I experience it from the consulting world, can you tell me, like, in your experience, um, in your experience as a, a senior engineer, do you feel like? Um, that you run into problems that, um, not that that you can't solve, but do you feel like you have the resources uh, to solve these problems based on your skill set, Or do you find obstacles sometimes that if you were a different nationality, you wouldn't have these obstacles, you would have the resources you need to achieve your goal? Like in some instances, not necessarily in the Verizon, just through your experience, through all the technology.
2: I mean, absolutely. And and that's a very, that's a very good question. And um, um, and, and, and in reality, and to be honest, is um, when you look different and sound different, um, it's hard to kind of make your case, you know, to people to listen. However, when you have the solution to their problem, it doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like. They need you and they're going to listen to you. That's what I found out along the way. And I have picked that up and I've used this as an advantage, you know, to get to where I'm at. So in my world, um, and I say in my world because people in my world will understand and maybe some wouldn't understand. And I I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset with you if you don't understand, but if you're in my shoes, you will. And you can also relate as well too. You know, it's hard for someone, you know, uh, coming from my, uh, nationality or, you know, uh, uh, from my, I'll I'll say even race to actually blow through a lot of, you know, obstacles, you know, uh, but, um, I found out that when you have what other people need, when you self propel yourself, when you self educate yourself, when you self, you know, teach yourself invest time in yourself, you know, you know, when you do all of these things by yourself, you know, to get yourself to the next level, it's very hard to be overlooked and and it's very hard, you know, uh, uh, not to be seen, you know, you're putting yourself in the same shoes with those guys that want to call the shots, with those guys that want to make their voice heard, with those guys that want to make their face seen. So, Even though at the back end, they might come to you and say, hey, um, can you show me how to do this or can you do this? And you can do it, but they go out in front and go take credit for doing it. Um, uh, They take credit for doing it, even though you are the one that's actually fixing it at the back end. But it comes to a point, right, where your knowledge, you know, your intelligence, your brilliance, you know, cannot yeah, be, exactly, cannot yeah. be overlooked. You know, it comes to it can't that point denied. where it can be denied. You just have to be recognized for who you are. You got to be recognized for what you know, and you got to be appreciated for what you bring to the table. So it comes to that point where, uh, it can be denied, you know, it can be overlooked, you know, you can't push it aside. You just have to recognize it and say, Hey, X Y Z did this. You know he brought this idea up. You know he gave us this. You know clue. He gave us this solution, and that's when it started coming. Now it takes one, and the reason why I say it takes one is, uh, it it takes one person to actually rise up to that occasion, and after that, it makes ways for the rest of the people coming.
0: And we're back. Hey, welcome back. Uh, Mike is uh, taking time with us to lay out some stuff. I really appreciate it. But like other people, Mike got to go to work. So I do have a a question for you, Mike. And uh, our audience was asking about it. Since you are in uh, the world of telecommunications, Mike, what's uh, the 5G network about, man? Can you elaborate on that a little? Because I was looking at some um, shows about it. I still haven't figured out how it works compared to the 4G network. But uh, everybody here, the difference between 5G, 4G, what is the biggest benefit of the 5G network, far as you, far as you know as a network engineer? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for taking time um,
2: out uh, you know, to talk about this. But this is a, this is a great you know, avenue or an opportunity to actually uh, talk about it and you know, educate our people on, uh, on what's going on in the IT world, right? So, 4G's uh, been around for uh, close to uh, a decade, believe it or not, and, uh, you know... Oh, I didn't know and that. I
0: didn't know that. 4G's been around for, for a long time. Um, uh, it took some, uh, some,
2: some, some phone carriers, uh, a little bit of time to catch up to it, but I, I think we all can agree that as of today, 4G's uh, where everybody, you know, advertised that they, that they have now the new thing coming up is called 5g uh which is the next the evolution of, uh, of of speed uh, pretty much that's what you want to call it right so uh what what separates 5g and 4g is pretty much the burst in speed and bandwidth that you get that comes with you know the network uh depending on the network you choose uh verizon is on top of the list you know followed by apmc Then T-Mobile and then you know it it goes down there taking all of that, but uh, a 5G is it's like you have a car. um, uh, Let's say you have a car and your car is an SUV. Now your car being an SUV, you have room to have space in your SUV. Right. But the engine in your SUV is maybe a five point eight or five point seven, something like that, but. You can go from zero to 60 in four seconds,
0: right? So you can't do that in that SUV. It's gonna take you a little bit of time. So I can wrap up to that speed of a Camaro, right? Yeah, I got but,
2: a V6. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then you know, some of them have like V8 and stuff like that. But the biggest thing about 5G is like you have that SUV, they have their room to accommodate a lot of people in there. You know what I mean? It could be a seven theater, it could be an eight theater. You have something like that, but it has an engine of a Camaro. No. So you combine that together. That means you can you can have a lot of people on your network at the same time, and you can give them faster of speed at the same time without altering anybody or any kind of service. That's the major difference about 5G. 5G is revolutionary. Right? 5G is changing the world. 5G is changing how devices connect and how they talk to services and in like back the speed of like the bus of a second boom download goes on like it's, it's gone so that's how fast 5G is wow it's really 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 great
0: yes yeah I'm currently I don't, I'm not on a 5G network I'm with Sprint so I don't know if they built out their 5G network yet but uh I have to uh go participate in it cause you can't be speed you know like especially uh it, you do that when you get gaming speed when you get your different packages and stuff. So I didn't know that um, It was so much just built about speed and uh, I guess it's the ability to send information in a compressed file so quickly that um, You are just getting more out of your device now. Let me ask you this uh, last thing since the 5g network is what it is um, Your 4g phone won't be able to operate on is is on that 5g network Correct. Like you have to have the five G capability to hit that network. That is correct. The uh, the five G is uh, yes, yeah, you will have
2: a capability to hit five G network, but he will be a a service that or a feature that could be turned on and off, and it could be device specific. Right? Because not every phone today yeah know, that's what I mean support five G. So. I mean you hear a lot of people saying, oh, if you want a five G you have to buy a particular kind of device. That I means the processor's gotta be great. The speed of the phone's gotta be great. The memory's gotta be great. Yeah, I know it totally How would the affect the
0: processor or... because the processor's gotta keep up with the network. You know. That is that that is that is absolutely Okay, Mike. Well, thanks. We back right here. Mike just going to say goodbye to us. Uh, He had to get up out of here. But uh, I just want to say to the fans out there that I really appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, I really appreciate Mike coming in. He can't. He's in the studio now. In a way. (laughs) In a way, somehow, he's in the studio now. And uh, I want to say my condolences out to all the Dallas Cowboy fans real early. You know, because the Bears played them this season. And it's just not looking good for y'all, man. Zeke holding out, you know, what you call it, may get paid, may not. Jerry, man, who knows when he's going to kick off, man. Jerry might just not make it this season. Boy, y'all stressing the man out. So, you know, it's all right. We're going to hold that trophy up for y'all, no problem. Chicago Bears, you know, we might just go 13-0. and That's, you know, 13 <laughs> Hey, hey. It, be
2: careful what you
0: wish for now. Hey. Uh, it
2: ain't started yet. I don't even you know, really,
0: I don't even really hate the Cowboys man I hate the Packers. I dislike the, I, I don't even hate the Detroit Lions. They're like a little brother. But <laughs> I only hate the Packers <laughs> and I hate New England. That's it. Everybody else is all good. Anybody that could beat them, it's all good with me. You know. So we lose <laughs> to the Cowboys, it'd be like a throwaway game. But I don't see us losing. It's just the pride uh, of it all It's just the pride of Uh, well
2: December, December 5th is almost here. That'll be your first time. Yeah, yeah. Aren't
0: y'all coming here? Y'all coming to Chicago. Uh Uh-huh. Oh man. Y'all, y'all already done done lost. In fact, the moment y'all, y'all might we need to put that game on skip on Madden, (laughs) y'all. All right, everybody, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. And as usual, thank you for fitting me in. Everybody take care and have a great week.